Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 3, and message titled, 23 and Jesus. So this leads to the question, if Jesus was supposed to be the son of Joseph, why does Joseph's genealogy have anything to do with Jesus at all, if he's not really his father? And that's a good question. You know, how could you say, well, he's supposed to be the son of Joseph? Or that he was, as it says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 16, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, called the Christ. Well, remember in chapter 2, when they came, you know, I must be about my father's business. In other words, you're not my dad, Joseph. You're not my real dad, right? Not really. Not really. Actually, I think we'll find that Joseph had more of a stake to Jesus than we might first think. Both Mary and Joseph were from the tribe of Judah. Some important things we need to know about Mary and Joseph and that is, is that both of them were firstborn. That's important, because they weren't, none of this would, would work. But it all plays into a couple different things that give Joseph legal right to be Jesus' legitimate father. And that starts with the daughters of Zelophehad. I mean, how many of you have heard of the daughters of Zelophehad? Okay, two, it's, in Levit, or it's in the book of Numbers, and most of you just skip through Numbers because of the name, Numbers. I don't want to list n- numbers and names and all that stuff, but it's in Numbers chapter 27. Now, you remember that the children of Israel are out in the wilderness, and you know somebody was like, hey, he left his rake out, and I stubbed my toe on it. And another guy was like, hey, he hurt my son because he was neglectful. And everybody was bringing everything to Moses, and Moses was just like, oh. This is exhausting. And Jethro came to him and says, Moses, you can't hear every case. Let there be rulers of tens and rulers of one hundreds and rulers of thousands, rulers of ten thousands. And then only the really serious cases will come to you. And this actually is how we set up our, our own judiciary, state level and then supreme court level in the federal government, that there's different levels of courts. There's local courts and appellate courts and you know, uh, district courts, and, and then finally the United States Supreme Court, the highest court in the land, and Moses was that court. And so in Numbers chapter 27, we hear of a case that was brought before Moses. Kind of interesting. It's in 27 verses 1 through 11, but we're only, for our purposes, going to look at verse 1 through 9. It says this, Then came the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Makar, the son of Manasseh, from the families of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. And these were the names of his daughters. Mahalah, Noah, Hogla, my favorite. <laughs> if you're going to name a girl, Hogla. No, it, maybe it's Hogala, I don't know. Milcah and Tirzah. And they stood before Moses, before Eleazar the priest, and before the leaders and all the congregation by the doorway of the tabernacle of meeting, saying, 
Our father died in the wilderness, but he was not of the company of those who gathered together against the Lord in the company with Korah, but he died of his own sin. And he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be removed from among the family because he had no son? Give us a possession amongst our father's brothers. So Moses brought their case before the Lord. So Moses would stand at the tent of meeting, which was different than the tabernacle. The tent of meeting was where Moses would speak with God. And so he'd sit there and he would listen to the case and then he'd go in before the Lord and he'd ask the Lord this question. And the Lord spoke to Moses, verse six, saying, the daughters of Zelophehad speak what is right. You shall surely give them a possession of inheritance among their father's brothers and cause the inheritance their father to pass to them. And you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, if a man dies and has no son, then you shall cause his inheritance to pass to his daughter. Okay, so here's the scenario. We know from the Talmud, and it tells us, even though it's not, pro-Jesus, but the Jewish Talmud tells us that Mary was the son of Heli, who had no sons. So Heli died without a son. Mary was his firstborn. Heli was a firstborn. And so because Heli was the firstborn, his possession was to pass to Mary, who was or his oldest son, who was to be his firstborn, but he didn't have an oldest son, so it would, because of the daughters of Zelophehad, had passed to Mary. Joseph also was a firstborn of his family. And so the inheritance and the bloodline and everything, all the rights of redemption would pass through Joseph. And Joseph became, because of the Leverite laws, and and if you understand Jewish law, they have all these laws to make sure that the bloodline of, of a man who's a firstborn continues on so that they can have right to inheritance of their possession and their birthright. And so because of the Leverite law, which stipulated that if there was a man who, whose son didn't bear, his firstborn son died before he bore a son, then his brother would take his wife. And if, if he died, then the next brother would take the wife and they would bear a son unto that, that man who died to take on the responsibility. Well, it was the same with the daughters of Zelophehad. If they didn't have a firstborn son, then the oldest daughter would marry a man and at the betrothal, and this is important, At the betrothal, Joseph would have legally become the son of Heli, legally, with the intention and with the the responsibility to have a son with Mary, who would then become also the son of Heli, the one who was the heir, and he would inherit everything that was Heli's as well as everything that was Joseph's. And so Joseph was giving his inheritance to, you know, Jesus, as well as Mary would pass through her, giving her inheritance to Jesus. And so therefore, by law, Jesus would be legally the son of Joseph because of this, all these weird laws. And because the betrothal happened before she got pregnant. And this is why Joseph thought about putting her away privately. But then, of course, it was God, who, who, and so there wasn't a male to fulfill the responsibility, so Joseph would have by default fallen into that responsibility and taken on responsibility of that as a kinsman. And then it also falls under the laws of the kinsman redeemer, weirdly, because of just the strange circumstances of everything. So this is important because it qualifies Jesus to be the heir to the throne of David, which is kind of important and important for more reasons than you might think. 
In Matthew chapter 1, verse 16, it says, And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ, or the Messiah. Earlier on in Matthew, it ties Jesus to this kingly line. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, it says, And Jesse begot David. Of course, this is King David, right? David, who got the Davidic covenant, who God said, Through you, I'm going to build a house. And basically, he gave him the privilege of being the great-great-great-great-grandfather of the Messiah. David knew the Messiah was going to come through his line. And so he, Jesse begot David, the king. David, the king, begot Solomon by her, her who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon begot Rehoboam. Rehoboam begot Abijah, and Abijah begot Asa. So if you read 2 Kings, you, or maybe it's 1 Kings, but if, if you read that First Chronicles, you remember these kings, the, the kings of Judah, as they became king. And, and so... Luke's following, or Matthew's following the genealogy of the kingly line, whereas Luke follows a different genealogy through the son of David, a different son of David. And so in verse Luke chapter 3, verse 31 and 32, it says, The son of Mela, the son of Menan, the son of Mattathiah, the son of Nathan, the son of David, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed. And that's where those two genealogies coincide. Again, Matthew travels one direction from Abraham down to Jesus, and, and of course, Luke travels from Jesus all the way to Adam, so they're, they're op- they go the opposite direction. But they, they coincide at that part, and they diverge at Solomon and Nathan, both sons of David, but they follow a different line at that point. Now, after they're brought to Babylon, oh, one thing I do want to say before I get into that, just in case you missed the implications of what I was trying to say earlier. The reason it says Joseph, the son of Heli, is because at their betrothal, he would have become his son because he was fulfilling the duty of the firstborn for Mary. And that's why it says Joseph, the son of Heli, rather than Mary. And it, so it doesn't need to say Mary. And of course, in Matthew, several women are mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. In Luke, none. Are mentioned. And, and that's because he's writing it to a Roman official and they wouldn't want to hear about any women, right? And that's just, that's just the way that it was. But anyway, but in, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 12, it says, just, just as just the middle of the genealogy, it says, after they were brought to Babylon, and of course you remember the, the kingdom of Judah was conquered by Nebuchadnezzar, and when they were conquered by Nebuchadnezzar, it says, Jeconiah begot Shealtiel, and Shealtiel begot Zerubbabel. So the king Jeconiah, who was the last of the kings in David's line, was conquered by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He was brought to Babylon, and he lived the rest of his days in Babylon. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, Call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmet.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.